watching old sentai and going wow that's a lot of crunching they added into the sound of that guy's <laughs> face getting eaten his face was made of tinfoil i'll 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 like stream it to you later i think that just that like 10 seconds of it because it's it's a surprising amount of crunch <laughs> oh please do i i want that crunchy face I, i'm really glad this is how <laughs> The podcast is opening on Crunchface. I mean, it doesn't have to be. You have that power. I have that power. Which means if it does, you made the conscious decision that this is where it was opening. I never make any conscious decisions. I just, like, sometimes I record a podcast, and I just wake up, I'm recording a podcast, and this is where I'm at. This is how it goes. Sam, we were, like, almost immediately proven wrong on what we said last week about, like, what it's in our second episode, but last week we were talking about how, like, Ichigo never fights with his defensive companions, and that straight up does happen in one of these episodes. Eh. Eh. <laughs> it's fine. It's we're still, fine. we're still right. <laughs> We're right! It's just... I saw that and I was like, God damn it! They they went back and they remade this episode just to prove us wrong. Oh my god. They waited until the previous episode was out. And then they came out. Then they listened to it. And then they went back in time and remade this episode. Like, a decade earlier. (laughs) That's exactly what happened. (laughs) This is It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewatch podcast. I'm your co-host, Cinna. And I'm your co-host, Sam. We've got a couple good episodes for you this week. Uh, let's go ahead and jump right into it with episode 88, Annihilation of the Lieutenants, Trap in the Underground Cave. We open in Urahara's shop as Lirin and Kone burst in to tell Urahara about Ichigo's downfall. As it turns out, when you take several episodes to get where you're going... Ichigo just kind of gets there first, and he's at the shop already, just totally fine, saying he was so desperate to save Keiko that he just left Liren behind, and she, like, runs up to him, crying, and just, like, hugs him super tight, and there's just this really sweet moment where he, like, comforts her and thanks her for worrying about him, and she's like, I didn't worry about you! What are you talking about? I'd never do that! Uh... 
I don't know. I thought it was really cute. <laughs> I really love chill Ichigo, who's just like, hey, I'm sorry. I panicked and went ahead. Like, it's cool. Thank you for worrying about me. I'm sorry for worrying you. And he's just like a chill dude. And I'm like, oh, this is this is emotionally intelligent, Ichigo. He's back. He's back. I missed him. Like, this episode in particular, just like as we go, had a lot of the stuff I was missing about Bleach, which is just, like, a lot of, like, smaller little character moments, just people talking to each other, which I, I, I'm i really warm on this episode. We'll continue to get through it. It's just, I, I really like this one. Hinatoro explains that Keigo is also fine, thanks to Ichigo's spirit energy, which, honestly, I should just be calling Reishi at this point. Like, they call it Reishi, it's it's what it is. I, I've just been using the localization term, because why the fuck not? But it, it's Reishi. Hinatoro also replaced Keiko's memories, so he should be fine to return home after some rest. And then Tessai comes in, and is like, hey, um, rest of the group's here. And we go in the other room, and Ichigo immediately, just like, without m- missing a beat, he like barely even gets through his sentence, if not like cuts himself off. But he notices Chad carrying Rukia, and he's like, okay, what happened? Why is Rukia hurt? And Kurodo answers, stating that he has deep shame in having been there, but not being able to protect her. Orihime's like, I'll take care of the wounds, and Rukia's like, no, no, I'm fine, worry about yourself. But Orihime insists. And then Urahara tells them to go ahead and come in. And then we get just like, a weird extended shot of everyone quietly staring at him. Yeah! It's a really weird thought! It's such a strange transition, because he's like, alright everyone, just come inside, we'll do everything inside. And then it just cuts to, like, it cuts kind of like to his point of view, and everyone's just staring at him, and it holds on a still frame for like two seconds. They had to make sure they met the runtime, Sam. Like, how else do you do that without a little staring? <laughs> We cut to Shuhei and Rangiku as they, like, run through a forest, and they eventually meet up with Izuru. Shuhei explains that Yumichika has been searching for the bounce hideout while everybody else was fighting. Rangiku asks how Ichigo and the others are doing, and Izuru's like, they're all safe, they're all at Urahara shop, don't worry about it. And then Rangiku's like, alright, we're going to settle this now. That's what we came here to do. And they just all run off. Yeah, they're like, okay, the civilians are good, they're out of the line of fire, time to fucking do this thing. On one hand, cool, I'm like, glad to see this this group, like, you know, back together, I'm glad to see them working together, I'm glad that we're gonna go see them, like, run off and do their own thing. On the other, this was a really weird scene, because it was just like, oh, we're just gonna, like, put out some exposition, just be like, yeah, they're fine, okay, well... Time to set up what we're doing for this episode. Alright, goodbye. Peace. And it was just that. And it's like, it worked. It's functional. I liked it. It was just, I don't know, kind of weird. It also had the role of saying, oh, yeah, by the way, Yumichika, he's been, like, snooping around and he found their base. Like, instead of fighting, he was snooping around and he found their base. That's why we know where the base is. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. Don't worry about it. I, I, I almost wonder, like... If Yumishka wasn't originally written into this part, but then they were like, wait, we have to get them to the Bout hideout in like three episodes. How do we do that? Just just say Yumishka came with them, he ran off, 
and we'll just say he found the base. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, or I guess it could also be like, all right, we have we have our four shitty guys. Wait, we only have three groups that are getting attacked by bounce. Uh, <laughs> Yumichika's finding the base. It's good. <laughs> it's good. It works. And, and it, to be fair, it does work. Like, it's it's not bad. It's just kind of weird. It, in the bout lair, Koga apologizes for his mistake, and Karya's like, ah, don't give a shit. You guys displayed your power after only acquiring, like, a small amount of souls, and, you know, that's not nothing. Which, I don't know, I I feel like this characterization for Karya is, like, a bit strange. Uh, of just like, ah, I don't give a shit. Like, it, it, it's fine, it's just weird. So, Karya's thing here is that if he actually cared about them winning, it would be weird. But previously, like, the only reason he let them go out and have all those fights was because he basically wanted them to go, okay, we, you've gotten the juice, now try out your new juiced-out powers, and that'll make them want more juice. That's kind of the only thing he cares about here. Yeah. Like, he doesn't actually give a shit that anyone's, like, hurt or fought people or whatever. He's just like, okay, is my special interest Quincy still alive? Yes. Okay, I'm good. Is everyone here still doing good and also listening to what I'm saying? Good. Everyone here want more bug juice? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, like, Mabashi here is just, like, straight up addicted to souls now. Like, Koga's like, hey, dude, maybe you should chill out on the, like, bug juice. And he's like, no, give me more. And Karya's like, eh, don't worry about your loss, it's fine. Mabashi's like, I didn't lose. I would have won if it weren't for those meddling kids. And then Maki basically just comes out and is like, no, you, like, definitely did lose. Karya tells the group that the Shinigami are coming, but not to panic. Just keep absorbing bug juice, it's fine. He then, like, calls out to Ugaki, who's, like, the guy with the glasses... And he tells him it's time for him to make an appearance. But first, he asks what is up to, and we just see a glimpse of Uryu through Ugaki's glasses, as he informs Karya he's still struggling without his powers. Karya orders Ugaki to go, and we are promised a magnificent performance by this guy. He tells everyone to watch carefully, and then he leaves. And honestly, this guy's kind of a weirdo. I don't like him that much, like, in terms of just, like, personality i guess he's a creepy nerd but like the really bad kind yeah it, exactly that exactly that karya turns to maki and asks him for an update on like his special investigation uh maki tells him that the gote 13 is planning to make a move soon which seems to interest karya he just like gives a little smirk and then we cut away so like they don't, like, explicitly say it, really, but, like, th this definitely means that it was Maki who was, like, the one infiltrating Soul Society earlier. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm, like, 90% sure. Like, it, it, it makes sense. It's, like, it's in the subtext. It's there. Yeah, it also just makes sense. Like, his powers it has to do with, like, light stuff and, like, making people not see his attack. So he can probably turn himself invisible. It tracks. Yeah. It makes sense. Back at Urahara shop, Renji just, like, grabs Hinatoro by the collar and is just, like, in shock about shit. And the rest of the group walks into the room with the child that Renji had saved. 
Hinatra explains that the kid's injuries are worse than Keigo's, and though he's tried his best, the kid's soul is getting weaker. Chad's like, put me in, coach. Just, like, give me, give him my soul. Just give him my, give him my juice. Put give me him in. My, just give me, give him some of the juice. And Hinatra is like, no, it's, it's too late. All we can really do is hope and just wait and see if he gets better. And Renji is, like, understandably just, like, really upset about this. He, like, feels as though it's his fault, and had he only handled the situation better, the kid would be in better condition. Rukia tells him to calm down, as the lieutenants are currently confronting the bounce, and they have to go help them. Letting their emotions get in the way would only do more harm than good. Renji's clearly frustrated, but we get more of that good, good, emotionally intelligent Ichigo as he puts a hand on Renji's shoulder and he goes, Hey, the kid's gonna be okay. Hanatro saved me when I was struggling, when I thought I was done for. We have to go fight. We can't let the bounce just get away with this. And then Renji's like, Fuck, I'm getting lectured by Ichigo. I'm getting soft. And he just, like, stands up and gets up to leave. Yeah, he's, he's like, yeah, that's really, like, thanks for understanding. That's really, wait a second. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> it's a really good interaction. And I'm just, I don't know, like I said, I'm just really glad to be seeing, like, just characters talking and having emotional conversations. Because it's like. I'm way more invested in this than I am in, like, a three-episode fight that, like, could be interesting and sometimes isn't, you know? Yeah. Urahara asks to talk to Ichigo privately, and the two sit down. Urahara says that the bounce are stronger than anticipated, and he asks if Ichigo can win without his bankai. Ichigo thinks back to his fight with Koga and Dalk. Uh, specifically, like, the moments where, like, Hollow Ichigo was out and fighting. Uh, and he states that he doesn't know how to explain it, but he feels like he's close to being able to use his Bankai again. He says he'll manage, and is like, okay, well, I'll leave it to you then. We cut to Yumichika looking at himself in a hand mirror in front of the Mount Hideout when the other lieutenants show up and are like, okay, what are you doing? Like, you're gonna get noticed. And Yumichi's like, oh no, they already noticed me. It's fine. They're strong. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, actually, I didn't even have time to fuck up. They know. They just know, okay? Let's just go in. <laughs> it was really good. Like, they... <laughs> it made me so happy. He was just like, oh no, they already know I'm here. <laughs> like, I've just been standing here, like, making sure I look good before I go in. Yeah, I like I love Yumichika so much here because he really is just like, look, it, don't don't even try to be sneaky. It's fine. Don't worry about it. They know, <laughs> they didn't come to get me, so it's fine. I'm just you know making sure I look good. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> uh, it, it's like specifically Rangiku that's like, all right, let's head in, and they run in, but. Yumichika, like, stays behind for a solid, like, second and a half. And he's just like, oh, but I don't work well in groups. And then he runs in anyway. And I'm like, okay, Yumichika, we get it. You're in squad 11. In Soul Society, Byakuya is told something shocking. And then Captain Commander Yamamoto explains that he would not have called for Byakuya were it not true. 
He says that Mayuri can't fool him and that there's a destructive move being initiated with a traitor amongst the Soul Reapers. Biaki is like, yeah, it's probably like Aizen's doing, right? And Yamamoto's like, well, I can't rule that out, but it doesn't seem likely that this is his doing because it's a filler arc and it seems weird that we'd use Aizen for that. So I'm going to say it's probably not Aizen. Literally the same. Well, the way I wrote it was, eh, not impossible, but this is a filler, so probably not. I'm glad we have the same uh, brainwave on this. <laughs> it was exactly that! <laughs> That's really good. He says the investigation of the three traitors should conclude soon, but until then he has a favor to ask of Byakuya. Of the four noble clans, the Kuchiki clan is the one responsible for recording history, and Yamamoto asks if records of the bound exist. Byakuya just kind of, like, stares at him, and he's like, Could you check the back? Can you just, like, go check that for me, please? And then we just cut away. <laughs> back with the main group, Kohn insists on coming with them to face the bount to protect Yurukiya. Urahara tells the mod souls he trusts them. And then Jincha throws the freeloader, I mean, Renji, some rice balls he made himself. Uh, it's like this kind of cute moment where, like, Ududu comes out and is like, They're rice balls! He made them himself! And Jincha's like, No, no, shush! Stop it. I don't care. Stop it. The kid's trying. This is the most likable Jinta has ever been. Like, when when he's, like, actually trying to be, like, nice, it's the best he's ever been. Put a pin in this. Renji thanks him for the rice balls, and then he tells Hinatoro to take care of the kid. The group begins to head out. Like, Ichigo's like, alright, Autobots roll out, and they just start walking extremely slowly. And Tessai asks if it's really alright to let them handle it. Urahara says that sometimes, challenges must be faced without help. In a strange room, we see Ugaki at a candlelit table with a deck of cards that he begins cutting into several stacks on top of some kind of- it looks like an incantation circle. He calls for his doll, Gessel. I, I had to, like, re-listen because I'm like, what, what's the pronunciation on this? Is it Giselle? Is it Jessel? Is it Gessel? It's Gessel. He pulls a card labeled Wachter, uh, which I, I looked it up. It, it means guard. Uh, resembling the eyeball things that we've seen before, and we cut to the lieutenants who are now a bit uneasy in the underground area that they're investigating. Ugaki seems confident, and he pulls a flanks card as the group continues to converse about their findings. As they move on, a few walkter shine lights and begin to follow them before being noticed by Yumichika, as the group is attacked by what appears to be, like, shadow spears? Shuhei tells the group to split up, and Ugaki's like, Mmm, yes, this is what I wanted! <laughs> I I really like the way, like, Ugaki's room here looks, and, like, the way- Like, we haven't seen much of his power until, like, the next scene, but, like, it, his stuff's really cool, actually. I really like it. Yeah, he's just a creepy D&D nerd in the closet. I really love it. <laughs> It's really good, like, the candles and everything. He even, like, puts on some gloves before, like, interacting with the cards. He's like, oh, no, my cards are in pristine condition. I can't let these get, like, smudges on them. I, I just need, I need to wear gloves, need to make sure everything's safe and pristine. Well, Shinigami, are you prepared for a shadow game? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad we both thought about the fucking 
Yu-Gi-Oh shit, and it, it is a, it is exactly a shadow game. So uh, put a pin in that. <laughs> Ronkiku sees a flash in a dark room with pillars, which she cuts down with Hainako to find nothing. Ugaki continues to lay down more cards, and Rangiku ends up getting trapped by rope, which he cuts down before being attacked yet again. Ugaki says, one down, and then he chuckles. To be clear, we don't actually, like, see Rangiku get taken out. It just, like, what's the word I'm looking for here? It just, like, implies that she gets taken down, and then we cut to Ugaki, who's like, ah, yes, I've succeeded. And then we move on to, like, Shuhei and Izuru, who are confronted by a group of mini-walkter before reaching a dead end. And as they are lit up, more traps reach them and immobilize them. Izuru notices the trick of Ugaki's doll, which is that the dangerous parts of the doll can only emerge from shadows cast. Um, which is why the walker, like, when they open their eyes, they, like, emit light to create shadows. It's a, it's a really cool ability. I really like it. Yeah, it's a fun, like, oh, this is really strong because it can come from any angle. But also, when when you know what it is, it's like, okay, well, it's shining light and the shadow that it's, it's shining is there. So it can only come from there. It, it, it's like, it, it's a nice little gimmick where it's like, you can keep up with what's happening and, like... You have to watch the characters actually, like, plan around it. And, like, those are the fun kind of fights for me where they actually have to, like, figure out this gimmick a little bit and, like, figure out how to work with it. And I don't know. I like this one. They end up running through a hallway, which, like, ends up caving in because of the walker and uh, because of one of the shadow arms just, like, slamming into the ceiling and causing a cave-in. And Ugaki's just like, aha, one more. And uh, then we cut to Yumichika, who's just like, oh my god, these Walker are so fucking ugly. I'm, I'm sick of these guys. I hate them. And he calls his Zanpakuto out, and he starts cutting them down. And then Ugaki instructs Gessel to show its true form, and we get this huge beam of light, and then a massive arm just, like, emerges from the large shadow cast by, like, all of their light, and it just, like, slams Yumichika effortlessly into the wall. It, it, it looked kind of brutal. Yeah, like, it's pretty intense, and Yumichika's like, okay, that fucking hurt, and then the hand just kind of, like, moves a little bit to cover him and squeezes him more, and you're just like, ooh. It, it, it's good. I, I liked it a lot. I, I was just like, oh, big boy. Ichigo's group ends up arriving at the hideout, and then we cut to Uryu, who's trying to work on regaining his power, but he can't seem to summon his bow. He begins to call to his sensei. It, it sounds like he's, like, about to apologize to his sensei, and he then notices a, pre uh, a presence as Nemo approaches, who states it has been a while, ending the episode. This surprised me, actually. I was really into this little twist. Because I, I know we had both talked about Nemo probably, like, going to Urahara. Like, I I think that's what we both assumed. So to see her, like, showing up to Uryu was kind of surprising, and I don't know, I was into this. Yeah, it was like, oh, oh okay, nice, uh, that's a fun little swerve. Uryu was definitely, like, choice number two, but, you know, it's nice that it's not always the obvious one. 
Yeah, like, it would have made sense had she gone for Urahara, but, like, I like this too, and I, I, frankly, I actually think I like this more than if she had just gone to Urahara. I think it's more interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, no, that was a good episode. Like, we got a lot of good, like, character interactions, and a cool little beginning to a fight that I like. What was the post-credits bit, Sam? Did you end up watching it this time? I did. <laughs> So, so the the group shows up at the end of the cave and Renji's like, wait, hold on. Before we start, I'm going to eat this gift, these rice balls. I'm going to gather my energy. Thank you, Jinta. And then he starts eating. And of course, that little shit put extra spicy chili peppers inside the rice balls. <laughs> it was a really good bit. <laughs> like... This is the kind of Jinto shenanigan I can get behind, where you you can believe he's actually trying to be, like, a good boy for a second, and then it's just like, oh my god, he sure did do that. <laughs> yeah, just absolute gremlin. Absolutely. It, it, it was one of those one-off jokes, I'm just like, yeah, no, this works, this is good. And that was all I needed to be. Okay, well, I think we can go ahead and move on to a five-minute break. Does that sound good to you, Sam? Let's head to break. Let's get right back into it with episode 89. Rematch? Ishida versus Nemu. I guess that happens. <laughs> Just had to take a moment because, yeah, t- technically that is an event that does happen during this episode. <laughs> Why are these so misleading? Just tell us the episode thing. Like, you don't have to, like, just use what's actually going on in the episode. You don't have to, like, try and trick us into believing something's happening. That's not really happening. You mean, like, Annihilation of the Lieutenant's Trap in the Underground Cave? Exactly that. <laughs> well, let's get let's get to that mystery by getting to this episode. Nemu introduces herself fully, you know, name, rank, etc. And Ishida just has a quick flashback to their previous encounter when she'd save his life. Uh, but then he barely has time to ask what the fuck she's doing here. Uh, that she just she, like she just starts doing ni- some ninja kicks at him, just like jumping around, flipping, kicking him, teleporting behind him, kicking him again shooting lasers out of her hands, etc. It's actually some, like, solid animation, too. Like, it looked pretty cool. Yeah, like, it, it's short, but, you know, it's good stuff. Uh, and then we just immediately cut back to Ishigo's group. Like, you know, this situation can develop for a while. <laughs> uh, the mod souls can... They can sense that, like... You know, they can sense the Shinigami. They can sense that there was bound, like, around. But overall, the cave structure seems like it's been made to make sensing people not super... Like, not really useful. Sort of like, well, I guess we're useless. <laughs> Meanly- meanwhile, Ugaki in his creepy glasses shuffles up his deck for another rousing round of gaming. And he's like, hey, Gessel, you ready to go? Gessel is, in fact, ready to send these fools to Shadow Realm. It is... This guy is straight up just playing Yu-Gi-Oh! with his deck of weird cards. Like, that's straight up what he's doing. Yeah, he's playing Death Solitaire. <laughs> and not the Death Solitaire that Yami Yugi once had to play to save people who, from a bomber who, on, who was on a Ferris wheel. <laughs> I forgot about that! 
the one that had police using a bullhorn to be like, is there a gamer in the audience? We need a gamer. <laughs> I need to fucking go back through Yu-Gi-Oh! This is the dumbest shit. You'll be happy to know there recently is a... There's a recently started podcast, Attention Duelists, uh, that's been going through, like, the... They've been going through the anime version of that first chunk of Yu-Gi-Oh! That, like, pre-Duelist Kingdom stuff. The, like, season zero? Yeah. Okay, okay. I'll definitely have to look into this. Gessel confirms that, you know, time to fuck some people up, and a swarm of the doll shows up near our heroes. They kind of, like, lure them into the tunnel system. Everybody gets, like, some good shots in, including this... This, there's just a fantastic bit where Orihime shields Rukia, Rukia thanks her, and then after she's done thanking her, she, like, winds back to give the greatest thumbs-up victory. Like, she's just like, thanks! Reaches behind her, thumbs up, and you get, like, a little victory bell. Ding, 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 ding! I, I just, I, I need everybody to know, the, the way I knew we were good to record today's episode was uh, at 11.19am... Because I hadn't really heard from Sam this weekend quite yet. I just, I I texted Sam. I said, you still good to record today? And he sends me this image of Rukia just giving this massive thumbs up. And I lose my mind. <laughs> like, it, it was perfection. Thank you. Thank you for this. It's incredible. Like, her, she's got the thumb out. Her other hand's, like, reared back for some reason. She's got just an absolute gremlin face. It's so good. Like, I don't know why she's drawn like this, but I love it. It's just really, really good. Uh, But as soon as she finishes that, a giant fist comes out of the shadow. uh, Like, it just comes out of a shadow next to her. And it just like, whoop! And it bops her and she just is sent flying. And she's severely wounded. Renji is hurt, like, trying to protect her from from getting, like, smashed into pulp. And meanwhile, Ishigo starts fighting swords and buzzsaws, and he is then saved by the best action pose Orihime has gotten in this show so far. Absolutely correct. This is where we were proven wrong. <laughs> like, this arc, kind of, like, kind of doing Orihime a little dirty overall on, on like, frequent levels, but also just giving her, like, the best animation she's ever going to get. <laughs> It's doing her dirty, but not, like, quite as dirty as, like, uh, the next arc, let's, let's be real. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like, pick your poison. Does Orihime get done a little dirty, or does she get done supremely dirty? <laughs> yeah, like, Orihime fans, if, if, if you haven't seen the show, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> Might I recommend lessening your future pain and finding another favorite? Uh- <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> so Orihime and Ichigo try to counterattack, but they get tripped up when their opponents just turn into a bunch of ropes. Uh, the swarm of toothy eyes continue to attack Chad and Renji, which stops them from offering help. And before we get that resolution, we go back to Ishida, where Nemu is just like, Oh, I, I guess you weren't faking. You actually did lose your powers. Hey, want some power? Huh? Huh? Want some power? And Ishida's like, this is fucking weird, but yes. <laughs> you can have a little of power as a treat. <laughs> we cut to just a huge zoom in on Mr. Creepy Glasses' face 
And then Ichigo and Nohime get saved by Rangiku, who, surprise, surprise, is not dead after all. She gives everyone, like, the actual explanation of the trick, where the eyes make light on objects, the shadows those objects cast allow the doll to, like, come out of the shadows, and also the doll can transform into shit. The doll's power is, like, interesting. I like it. Um, this is kind of, like, this and, like, the scene this, like, leads into are kind of where my big complaint with this episode comes in. Because, like, the last few episodes we've gotten have been Rangiku just, like, taking charge and being in control. And she just kind of, like, gets done dirty here and just, like, immediately gets taken out of the fight. Yeah, so first she says, okay, hey, everyone, destroy anything that can cause a shadow, which, I don't know, seems a little risky when you're in an underground cavern, but sure, whatever. <laughs> so the the crew just, like, explodes all the remaining eyes and all the remaining, like, pillars and shit. And then they start taking a short rest, where they're like, okay, Rukia, um, your soul took, like, direct damage last time, and you're still not recovered, so maybe you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't keep fighting. And all their chatting is interrupted by Ugaki, who's like, Hey, we're over here getting high off of bug juice. Also, it's totally the humans who are the be- who are the worst ones because they persecuted us and we can't make babies. And Renji just stands up and he's like, uh, Buddy, it's not like I can't sympathize, but you're killing children, so fuck off. <laughs> it, it, it's literally the fucking, like, it's always sunny meme. I'm so sick of this dude. You know, it's it's literally that. Um, it, it, it really sucks that we have, like, all of these characters here, and it's, like, cool to watch them fight together. And then it's just, like, Ichigo and Renji being like, no, we're gonna go on ahead, it's just gonna be us two. Yeah, like, Renji and Ichigo are like, alright, we're gonna go off. Also, Orihime, you stay back, heal up Rangiku, who's in no fighting shape. Heal up R- Rukia, who can't fight anymore. Chad... I know you're cool, but also, you stay back and protect them. Also, all of the mod souls stay back and protect them. So they're just like, okay, everyone, just stay here. We're going on ahead. Nobody even, like, puts up a fight about it or anything. Nobody even, like, really second guesses it. They just kind of go, alright, and then they sit there. Yeah, so the pair go in, and they continue to destroy anything that could cast a shadow, but... Ugaki's not a fucking idiot. He's like, hey, um, you you can make shadows too? So he uses that to spawn weapons and surprises them. But thankfully, Hisagi and Kira are there as well. They also didn't die. Surprise! Surprise! But they're, like, really, really hurt. Like, really fucking hurt. So they come into f- under further attack, and, like, there is a cool bit where Gezel, he, like, Makes a light behind a stalactite, uses that shadow to slice up a bunch of stalactites to send them going down on our heroes' heads. And even though that doesn't hit anyone, it makes a ton of stalactite pillars just jutting out of the ground, so now Gessel can just start attacking from a bunch of different angles. It's good, like, oh yeah, he's using his doll to, like, create a advantageous terrain for himself. It's, it's really cool. I... I, I'm just thinking about this now. I I wonder, like, how interesting it would be to see Gessel work in, like, an area with, like, fluorescent lighting. Or, you know, that kind of lighting that happens where you end up, like, having four shadows instead of one. Like, it would be cool to see, like, a doll like this work in, like, an area like that. 
Yeah. But we, while we don't see that, we do get to see a, a new, like, aspect of, although th- this is something that was true before, it's just it wasn't, like, really pointed out. Gessel can't, isn't, like, materializing different weapons. It's, it has two arms that can come out of the shadows, and each arm can turn into, like, various things. It's just that it can never attack with more than two things at once because it only has two arms. So when Kira manages to get a bunch of attacks on one of the arms while it's transformed to spears, and then with Hisagi's help, it manages to get a bunch of attacks on the other arm when it's like a giant spike chain, well, now both arms can't move, and Ugaki's like, well, this is fucked. Now I have to shuffle and call my doll back. I hate you all. <laughs> God damn it. I, I Fucking all mana again. I gotta, I gotta go fucking draw some more cards. Time for the Mulligan, but the match has already started. Fuck you, Shadow Game. <laughs> it really is that. So he calls his doll back, and the cavern starts collapsing, so the two vice captains, like, send Ichio and Renji ahead. They're like, oh yeah, we'll connect with the other group that's not fighting, bye. And, uh, meanwhile, on the surface, Nemu offers Ishida a bracelet. An ancient Quincy accessory. Something with the power to control Reishi. Do you ever think about how fucked up it is that Quincy have so many methods to keep fighting when their bodies are broken or lost their powers? Like, that's basically every- like, every time we learn a new Quincy technique so far, it's always like, yes, Quincy's with broken bones and ligaments that couldn't move their bodies. Use this to keep fighting, and it's like, hey, Ishida? Hey, Ishida, that's kind of fucked up. It's a little fucked up. Like, I- first of all- I, I'm really curious how they're going to play this off by the end of the arc, where, like, Uryu either A, has to have, like, lost his powers again by the end of the arc, because I, I, I'll i be honest, I don't remember where he's at at the beginning of, uh you know, Aroncar Avenue, but um, I, it, it's like, they're either going to have to play this off as A, he lost his powers again <laughs> by the end of this arc, or they're going to have to play this as... Oh, well, he just managed to get his powers back off screen. (laughs) And I'm really curious which one they're gonna do. Oh no, like, the feeling I get is that all this bracelet does is, if you know how to control spirit energy, this thing lets you do it. As if you were a a Quincy who can do it naturally. Like, I think that's that's all it is. Which means, if this thing breaks, bye-bye powers. So, are, are we calling it now it's going to break by the end of Bount Town? 100%. There's no chance in hell this thing stays intact. Now, the question is, is it going to break because someone breaks it in a fight? Or is it going to break because Ishida's, like, doing some heroic thing that he's like, I have to do this! And then it, like, overloads the bracelet and then pops it. Oh, absolutely the latter, right? Like, it has to be. Like, that is the most Uryu thing that exists. I don't know. I feel like it might be the former. Maybe. I comp- I completely forget what happens to this thing, but I I feel it's more likely to break in a fight. Like, I think he's going to get confident, he's going to show up, and he's like, bitch, I've got my powers now, and someone's going to be like, oh yeah, I'm, t- I'm just going to walk next to you and break it. <laughs> I, th- I think Ishida's getting chumped, is what I'm saying. I think he's just going to get completely, he's going to be a jobber this time. I mean, this does kind of seem to be the U- Uryu man pain arc, where just, like, everything bad that could happen to or around Uryu just does happen. So, you know, you could be right. 
I, I, um, I miss Yoshino. <laughs> I wish she was still here. I really wish they hadn't killed her off like that. Yeah, yeah, they sure, they sure did that. Every, every single time they flash back to her, uh, it, it's like, it's no longer any scenes about when she was alive. It's always the scene where she died and Udiu's like, crying over her. And that's like, it, it works. Like, the trauma is there. But it's like, every single time it comes up, I'm just like, man... This character sure did only exist to forward Udayu's plot, and, like, Udayu's plot sure hasn't really moved that much forward, you know? It's like, damn, she almost had agency and, like, a thing- and, like, actual ideals or something that wasn't just, let's do the thing that Ishigo's doing. So close. We were so close. Maybe next time, Bleach. Maybe next time. Oh my god. What was the post-credits bit this time? So this time, we're back with the Female Soul Reaper Association! Yay! And, hey Mayuri, why the fuck are you here? And he's just like, oh, you know, my subordinate isn't here, so I'm taking her- Leave. Oh, don't mind me, just start the- Please leave. Get the fuck out. And then there's this bit where Mayuri starts panicking, because he's like, no, wait, I didn't come here, like, because I thought it would be fun. This is, like, a legitimate- like, I, I, you know, I thought I should be here because, you know, I, that's what Byakuya did when his lieutenant wasn't here. And Nanao just, like, takes off her glasses, presumably to kick his ass. <laughs> I, I'm I'm glad in anything where it's assumed that Mayuri's ass is kicked. Yeah. The, like, this, this got an incredibly loud laugh out of me. It was very good. Now I'm hoping that we're, I'm hoping very much... That we're going to get one where, like, Yachiru can't make it for some reason, and Kempachi shows up. <laughs> okay, that would be really good, actually. I would like that very much. Well, these episodes have been, for the most part, pretty solid. I, you know, I, I was worried after last week that the good episodes had gone for a bit, and we'd be back, you know, to square one, but, you know... The, the quality fluctuations seem to be evening out a little bit, hopefully. Yeah, well, we are gearing up for a season... Like, next week is the season finale. Is it next week? I, I thought we still had, like, a couple of weeks to go. Uh, no. We're... This is, like... The episodes we got this week were 88 and 89, and 99, 91 is the season finale. Okay, well, I... I forgot that. To, to be clear, to be clear for those listening, if you are not familiar, uh, us saying next week is the season finale does not mean the bount that Bount Town has come to an end. There is Bount Town Part 2. <laughs> like, we have a whole nother season of Bounce before we get to Aronkar Avenue. But it does mean that if people have questions or comments from anything... Well, anything about the show, but specifically also, like, episodes 64 to 91, it would be a good time to start thinking about sending them in, because yeah. we're going to have a discussion. I don't know if we're going to have a standalone episode, or if we're just going to tack it on at the end of these two episodes, but we're going to have a discussion about the season as a whole, as we've done with the other three seasons. Yeah, I, I was thinking it would probably be, uh, like, 
as long as you're cool, just gonna workshop this on mic real quick. Uh, as long as you're cool, then I was just. Th- <laughs> I was just thinking about doing a bit of a longer episode next week then. Like, I I have nothing going on. Like, my, my partner's at work, so. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Until then, yeah, go ahead and send us your questions, comments, any feedback uh, for next week's season finale at iwobleachcast at gmail.com. It, like, given... The, the, to be clear, this is not, like, a jab at anybody who listens to the show. Like, I appreciate you very much. But given that we don't really get many emails ever, like, it, it would we be usually, a good time. Like, we'll definitely, We usually like, get at least one or two for season finales, which is why I bring it up. Yeah, no, one, one or two is very nice. I'm, I, like, I want to be clear. I am in no way upset. I I very much appreciate it whenever our fans send anything in. We love you very much. It's, it's just funny because I bring it up every time at the end of the show. And <laughs> usually all we get are like bots who like email us and are like, Hey, do you want captions for your podcast? Because I made an AI that makes captions. And I'm like, this is cool, but... I don't have extra money to put towards captions for my podcast. Anyway, <laughs> you can find the show on Twitter at Bleachcast. You can send any questions, comments, or feedback to iwobleachcast at gmail.com. Seriously, next week's the season finale. <laughs> go go all out. Enjoy yourselves. It, it doesn't matter if it's a silly question. Just go for it. Y- you can find me on Twitter at Lavender underscore Paws. And I want to be clear, even if you're not a fan, if you're a hater and you're listening to us for some reason, sure, give us the feedback. <laughs> send it in. Just, just add, send us the worst shit. Just be absolutely vile to me. I wouldn't go that far. But also, you can find me on Twitter at SSBSLJ. Thank you for listening. This is... <laughs> Please don't be that mean. Like, you can be a little mean, but don't be that. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week for the season finale. (laughs) Stay cool, chads. As we move on year by year in this life, we learn that telling doesn't necessarily purge. Telling something is merely a reliving. And it's a torment. And you should tell us your questions and comments for the season. (laughs) Please, please, I thought you... Kitai Tabio
I'm not afraid of the dark. 